So my name is Suhani, Suhani Vedya. I was born and raised in India and I moved to Australia in 2011. So I got married and moved here. Didn't know anybody, was excited about my new journey. Um, and then I started looking for a job and I was really excited because I got my first job and everyone said, it's really hard to find a job, you know, you're not from here, et cetera, et cetera. So I was super pumped. I got my first job in this recruitment boutique um, firm. And things were great. It was a really small firm. Things were great. I had a, a great relationship with everyone in the beginning. And the boss I was reporting to back then was, uh, was, a, well, it was a dynamic lady. She's a dynamic lady. So I used to admire the way she used to talk to the candidates and maintain that relationships. And I wanted to learn a lot from her. She used to be extremely friendly one moment and the next minute I used to have this hot and cold treatment. And, you know, coming from a different country, whether you're coming from a different country or a different state or moving into a different role, for me, it was like I was trying hard to fit into that environment and uh, that culture. <laughs> you know, there were moments when um, I didn't understand the slangs and the way people used to talk. So, and I, I looked pretty, I was pretty confident on the outside, but when it came to things I didn't know, I didn't really want to share my vulnerability, if you know what I mean. So um, when they said, oh, let's catch up this arbo, I would say, oh yeah, great, perfect. And then quietly go away and Google and find out what arbo means, <laughs> things like that. And um, so in the beginning, it was great. As the business went down for her, I think she got stressed or um, she, she used to snap quite a bit. So one minute she would be like, hey, how did you guys go on the weekend? And the next minute she would be like a completely different person. Mm. And there was this lovely gentleman who was working in the firm who actually interviewed me. He was a great facilitator, but she was trying to get him to get business. You know, and I could see the gap. I'm like, you're trying to get him to get the business, but he's actually good at something else. And it got to a point where he resigned. Hmm. And then it was just me and a few other people. And she used to... I used to feel quite, what do you say, nervous mm -hmm. when she would be direct and point things out. And she wouldn't even be direct when she would say things to me. Mm. She would say things like, oh, have you taken care of this candidate? And I'd be like, when did you ask me to take care of this candidate? You know, 
but I would never actually say that out loud. I'm like, okay, which candidate? I'll have a look. It was always like me trying to resolve things. And then things kept going this way, kept going this way. And it got to a point where I stopped speaking up out of fear. I was really scared to speak up. And there was this incident, I remember walking out of the office. I went to the train station and I was sweating. I was looking around. I was so confused. I was crying. I had so many mixed bag of emotions. And when the train doors opened, I was literally, it was crowded. It was Friday evening, I think. And it was, I was literally pushed into those doors. And I was standing by a pole, holding that pole and looking around. I felt so lonely, so lost. When there were so many hundreds, hundreds of people, I felt like I had no one, you know? And when people were staring at me, I thought, are they judging me? There must be something wrong with me. Probably it was my, my hair. <laughs> Or, or because I was Indian, I don't know. All these thoughts were constantly playing on my mind. And I almost felt like this girl sitting in a corner, rolled up in a dark place where I couldn't express or share what I couldn't even speak at that point of time. That's how low I was feeling. That's when I thought, you know what, I've had enough of this. And I said, I'm not going to let this happen again. And I resigned and I moved on to my next role. <laughs> but then they say, sometimes in life, the situation keeps repeating itself until you learn the lesson, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so different job, new boss. In the beginning, again, things were really great. The boss I had, she was really awesome. And I started putting, having boundaries and putting my foot down. So this role was different to what I did in the past. And people used to come and give me post-it notes to say, can you get this done? I'm like, no, send me an email. Hmm. So I saw myself like gaining confidence again, putting boundaries and standing up, which was great. And then um, by then I was pregnant. I went on maternity leave. Um, it was a beautiful time in my life because <laughs> um, it was my first child. Um, and I thought, okay, I'll take as much time as I can with my first and 
um, the company got back to me and they said, oh, would you like to come join again? And at that point, I wasn't too sure. But then I thought, okay, why not? You know, she was 10 months old. And um, I went back. Um, I went back and this, I said, look, I can come back if I work from home and if it's part-time, if that's cool. Because it was just 10 months for her. And I was enjoying my motherhood. To be honest, I'd completely forgotten about work life. It was all new, scary. <laughs> um, I was learning lots of things as well. You know, when I think of um, motherhood, when I got pregnant, I think when I delivered my baby in the first few weeks, I was so fragile and taking everything so personally. Literally when she, she cried or she got sick, I used to make it mean I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not eating properly or you know, it's the way I'm thinking or it's what I'm feeding her or it was always to do with or it's something about me. It's not what's happening to a child, something I'm doing that's going wrong with her. So I had these baby blues and it went on for a few weeks. And then I got adjusted being a mother and it was fun. I used to give her massages, oil her sing song, play the happy song in the background. I had my brother there here as well. So it was a beautiful time. And um, then I went back to work. So this was when Arya was 10 months. Um, and I remember dropping her off to daycare. And then I was nursing her as well. I think more than her, I had separation anxiety because <laughs> mm -hmm. I literally cried. Um, I used to call daycare constantly to find out how she's going. Mm -hmm. And I cried um, so many times. I'd, and I, in the, like the first two months, I thought she, she was just not settling in. I thought maybe I'll stop working. But then as I thought she's not settling in, she kind of did. So from there, I got back to doing my role. Um, my boss had changed. And I was doing a full-time role in a part-time job. Hmm. I was working from home. In the beginning, I was like, no, I'm the type of person, oh, I need to get this thing done, get this done, get this done, get this done, you know? And I just did not lay strong boundaries, really. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. And I got lost in the role of being a mother, being an employee, being a wife, like I was on, running on autopilot, literally wake up in the morning, cook, 
do this, get ready, drop her to school. Um, if I'm working from home, then make sure everything is sorted. She's organized, everything's organized so I can start working. In the beginning, I actually enjoyed it because I wanted a bit of a something else to do as well because I was playing a full on mother role. My whole identity was mother. Um, and that was new to me because before then I used to be this funny, independent party girl and my whole lifestyle had changed. Mm. And um, as things progressed, there were so many projects piling up, things were changing within the company. And I got so deep into it where I was working long hours, not even focusing on feeding my daughter, feeding myself. I had so much of anger and resentment built up within me. It got to a point where I was thinking, why am I doing this? For what purpose am I doing this? I really wanted, back then, I really didn't know what I wanted, but what I wanted was a promotion. I thought giving, having a promotion, that would give me that satisfaction. Um, that sense of achievement or success. I wanted success. Mm. This new boss um, was tough cookie, really tough cookie. And um, there were so many things, communication breakdown, things uh, like half the information I would get when I was in the office and because I worked from home, I didn't get the full information. Mm. And it was part of my delivery of my project. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even, I, I used to think whether, is it me, my motherhood and me losing and forgetting things? Or is it they, she not communicating? Like I wasn't sure in the beginning, you know? And then I didn't know what was gaslighting. Making mistakes was a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. So I never liked making mistakes and I would beat myself up if I made mistakes. And I would kind of hide as well. In a sense, like when I made mistakes, I'd be so embarrassed about it. I, I would be like, how can you do the same mistake again, Sohani? And I would try and fix it, not share it with other people, not tell them what's going on. When I started, but then when I got coached and I started on my coaching journey, I realized that I'd associated making mistakes to failure and that I won't be loved 
And that's the reason I did it. Mm. And it took a long time for me to realize that. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, so things get, get progressing. There was so much of, there was so much of distance between me and my boss and the, the whole gaslighting thing that was going on. And there were people who used to come and ask me questions on purpose. Back then I used to just get really scared and not say anything. But then I realized that this is a pattern, hang on. I started getting out of my head and thinking, hang on, there's nothing wrong with you. There's something going on here. Mm. And I said, enough is enough. I need to find something else. You know, I was contemplating what to do because for me, working is a big part of my life. It's important to me. And I knew I was a people-driven person. I loved interacting and helping people. That would give me, as soon as, even in my job, as soon as I help. Uh, people that would give me instant gratification so I was in a process driven role and I kept thinking that I'm not good at my job the thing was I was really good at my job I just didn't know I didn't see the bird's eye view I saw the the insecure and the, the really scared view of myself. Hmm. It hit rock bottom for me when things were going out of control at work, in meetings, like the blaming each other, putting each other down and half the time I didn't know what was happening because I was working from home I kept telling my boss look this is we need more people there's more work piled up we need more people she said yeah sure she, yeah sure I think she had her own plate full you know and she just ignored it and this was I think two, three years ago, three years ago, maybe. I remember it was around Christmas time. I had a busy day at work and I came home. My husband and my daughter were sitting in the pool. They were having so much fun. I just looked at them and I was not looking at them. I was not present for them. I was literally looking through them my mind was racing with these thoughts where I couldn't control myself. You know, I was telling my husband, I think the whole world is against me. You know, I think they want to fire me. There's something going on there. There's so much of self-doubt, trust issues. And I said, look, my husband is like, no, why would they be against you? You just, you're just being silly, you know? 
And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, there's something going on. There's something going on. You need to believe me. And he will, he's the type of person, you know, come on, toughen up. Yep. You need to face the world. And I just felt that I couldn't speak to anybody. Hmm. There was nobody there for me who could hold space, who could say, you know what? You are feeling this and it's okay for you to feel this. I had shut myself completely. After that, there were days I was sleeping on the bed. I couldn't get out of bed, Ree. Mm. I would just stare at the roof, thinking about, oh, what's going to happen next now? When I go back to work, oh, I don't want to go back to work. I used to feel sick in the morning. Mm. There were days I used to drive to work, sit in the car and cry. those memories coming back, um, cry, wipe my tears off and listen to the song, This Is Me. Mm. It was almost like, wear this mask, first cry, wear this mask and go as a warrior. Mm-hmm. So first I thought, okay, you know, I'll go to HR and complain. But I had, I thought I couldn't believe HR. I couldn't trust anyone because there were so many times people people, um, had complained nothing was done. So I thought nothing will be done. I'll lose my job. And at that point of time, I just thought there's no other way for me. My confidence was so low. From a person who has a business, I mean, has a bachelor's degree, master's degree, who's lived outside, who is so friendly, who gets a job, who can connect with anyone and literally do anything who can, if I put my mind to it, to believing that I can't get a job. I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do anything. I'm stuck. I'm just stuck. And anyone, anything said, like my friends, my family, I used to feel, what's their intention? Why are they saying what they're saying? Mm-hmm. Literally like doubting everyone's intention. And I was feeling like, why doesn't nobody get what I'm saying? And why doesn't anyone believe me? The moment I thought one of the, there were few moments, but one moment that just popped into my head was when I was growing up, right? My dad um, was very strict at home. Mm-hmm. He's a, he was like, it's, high, it's my way or the highway. And you need to be a good girl, listen to what I have to say. Um, not literally those words, but you know what I mean. So 
I think I was done being the good girl for the world. I was done being the people pleaser. And, you know, I got smacked when I didn't do the right, when I didn't do the right thing going, growing up. And I always thought I'm never going to do that to my daughter. Never. I'm never going to touch her. This pivotal moment was I was working from home and I was really stressed about work. And my daughter was drawing on the wall or she was doing something naughty, which was really silly. And I just lost my temper and I just screamed at her and I almost lifted my hand to smack her. That's when I saw this, it was almost like something I thought I would never do in my life. I saw that shadow self in front of me and I was in shock. I was in shock when I saw that because I promised myself that that's never gonna happen. And I was being my dad. That's when I thought, come on, Suhani. There's something that needs to change here. What is this? Before you go on, actually. Um, yeah. One thing that has come up um, a lot is when we try not to be our parents we turn out exactly like them that is so true i focused on i don't want to be like this person and then one day you realized i am exactly like this person because i was so i put all my energy in focusing on what i didn't want that i kind of created it just a little bit and um and going going back actually um when you first were having the thoughts, you said you were going on a train and yeah. you had a lot of uh, judgments, which yeah. I feel were about yourself because yeah. projecting it out like this absolutely that and going from having that anxiety and having those mm. thoughts about yourself and going into going into motherhood and mm going through the postnatal depression yeah and then you're almost like taking all of that with you everywhere you go yeah which is what I believe why you were feeling the way you were feeling because you rightly said that yeah you weren't um you weren't resolving anything you would almost like you were pushing it aside because and I can relate to this I got stuff to do I'm a mother. I've got kids mm. to raise. I, I need to work on getting a career. I've got to do mm. stuff at the house. Uh, if I don't do this, who will? And yeah. so kind of that's the kind of energy that I'm I'm feeling from from everything that you're telling me. Um, Absolutely. And back then I had no awareness. Mm. You know, I had no self-awareness. It was almost like you know, they say perception is projection. That was zero. It's the other person. My husband is not listening to me. It's my boss. 
who is bullying me or it's my colleagues who are doing this to me. It was always blame, blame, blame. And, and that's where I was at. Now, when I look back, I've learned and grown so much. Mm. What we see in others actually exists within us. Yeah. I just refuse to accept it at that point of time. Mm. And yeah, that's exactly right. And that's when I started thinking, I wanted to learn more about myself. I wanted to find a different career, different degree, because I had hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, I tried my best to change myself and like focus more on the job. And I, the funny part is I'm a, I, I said I'm a people-driven person and I was doing a process-driven role. When I did my profile, that was a detailed job. My details were like minimum, as in that's not my strength, that's not my superpower. And I was in the wrong job. I just, I recognized it a long time ago that this is not lighting me up. This is... This is not something I want to do, but I just ignored it. Oh, I'm a mother. I can't do, I can't change now. Let me just let Aria grow a little, you know, bigger. Let, let her go to full-time school. Then I look at, think about myself or, or like I'm too busy to, to upgrade or study or do something else. And there was fear as well to yeah. just go and try something out. So much fear. And that's when I, when I, when I had hit this place where I could not take it anymore and I thought, okay, this is not coincidence, Suhani. Every single time you can't feel this way everywhere you go, there is something you need to look at, something you need to change. That's when I started on my co coaching journey. I First, I thought I'll do a psychology degree because I really wanted to learn more about the human mind, about our feelings, thoughts. I was watching all these motivational videos online and that used to literally be my, you know, it, it used to take me to a high, high vibration for 10 minutes every time I watched these um, videos. And then uh, I ended up going and joining Koji Institute and learning all about the human mind, behavior, feelings, thoughts, and our triggers and all of that. And when I started on my journey, I remember going to one of the induction sessions and my mentor was talking about gratitude. You know how gratitude was one of his top values. And, and I'd heard so much about gratitude, journaling and all of that, but then after that session, I just realized I had no gratitude for anything I had. It was always, this is not good enough or, you know, blaming someone else, not taking responsibility for my own actions. I am behaving this way because you're not listening to me. This is what is happening to me at work. I did not have gratitude that I had roof, roof above my head. I did not have gratitude that I had a beautiful daughter 
in my hands. I did not have gratitude that I'm safe, I'm secure, I'm living in such a peaceful environment. Mm. I did not have gratitude for my husband. I, did, I had no gratitude within me, even for a little bit about myself free, not even teeny bit. That's when I went home and I said, no, nah, the first thing I'm going to change is I'm going to be grateful for what I have. And then, they, you know, when people start talking about be grateful for the sun, the wind in the air, I didn't understand that wind in your face. I did not get it. Mm. I'm like, I'm not going to be superficial because it's not working. Now I appreciate it. When I go out and walk on the ground with the grass, below my feet, that wetness, that wind in my air, uh, on my face. I'm truly grateful when I feel that. Yeah. But back then I did not. So what I did is I used, to, I used to write five people or things I'm grateful for that day. And when I wrote, I thought about it and I felt it completely in my heart. One was anyone who helped me. Two was back then my relationship with my husband was quite rocky. I thought, okay, I need to fix this. So any small, tiny thing he did, say, for example, he cooked something. I would think about that moment and say, Thank you so much for cooking for me. And I used to feel it in my heart. Mm. And I did that every single day. One more thing I added was, what's the one thing I did differently? Like today, I got out of bed. I didn't want to get out of bed, but I got out of bed. Mm. Thank you, Suhani, for doing that. And I kept building that every single day mm. and I started actually seeing things differently and I started I remember um, I started walking as well before I never used to feel like walking doing anything and there's a beautiful um, lake near my house. And I started meditating from a girl who loves party and who doesn't believe in all these. Well, I wouldn't say believe because back when I was in, in 2010, maybe when I was 16 or 18 or something, I'd done this spiritual course in India where I had where I had these beautiful experiences where, you know, light passing through me, I felt so fulfilled uh, and things like that. And I'd forgotten all about it because I was back in my bubble world, enjoying my life, doing my own thing, you know. Um, and then um, this was when I was, go when I went walking by the, by the lake, I was sitting in front of the lake and I was meditating. And literally, 
I experienced that same flashlight going through me. I felt so peaceful. Mm. I think I haven't felt that in a very long time because of the chattering in the mind that kept going on. And I said, oh God, I want this. I just want this. Forget everything else, this is what I want. And as I started studying, coaching and getting coached, one more thing I want to share, I'm going all over the place, but one more thing I really want to share is my mentor did a live demonstration where this woman was, you know, she came into the room, she was really, her body language was very low and not confident. I hardly saw her spoke, smile. And when he did this demo, she walked out of the room with her head held high and with a smile on her face. I was like, what did he do? I want to do that. I didn't know what it was, but mm-hmm. I said, that's what I want to do. I want to bring that smile in other people's faces. I had this corporate dream because coming from India, I was like, you either need to be an engineer or a doctor. That's how it works yeah. then. And I, I neither wanted to be neither of them because mm-hmm. I was a rebel growing up. <laughs> and when I came here, I'm like, no, I want to grow up the corporate ladder, do, you know, be successful. Now, when I think about it, that's when I thought I would get that love, that happiness, which I craved. Because what I believe is you have that drive. You want to achieve something. You think when you reach the pinnacle, that's when I will be insert whatever your emotion is or whatever you want to achieve. It's actually the journey, which is fun, not the ultimate destination. And I've not realized it once, but several times. And, but then I thought, I don't know anything about coaching or anything, but that's exactly what I I want to do for people. And as I started learning all of these techniques and studying, I used to wake up at three in the morning, study, coach other people, you know, and go to work, come back. In the evening, I used to sit and study. I was really, really driven. Mm. I was so curious. And this was the first time I actually wanted to learn so much. Because when I was in school and uni, I only wanted to have fun. I really was not so interested and so driven to learn something. And as things started progressing, at work, um, it brings back um, a painful memory for me. I couldn't take it anymore, Ree, and I was standing under the tree and I had, I had my phone I had to write an email. I thought, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to raise my concerns about my manager. And I 
I couldn't do it at work. But I went outside and I had my phone and I was trying to compose an email. It took me four hours to express how I was feeling. And I had tears, I had so many emotions going through me and I couldn't even put words. I couldn't even form sentences to share how I'm feeling. With a lot of courage, I did it anyway. Now, when I look back, I don't think that email made any sense. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, then, um, and then when I went back, my boss said, where were you? Like, I think she was concerned about where I went because I didn't tell anyone anything. Yeah. And that's when I took the courage and I said, look, I think things are not working out between you and me. I feel intimidated by the way you speak and the things that happen around me at work. Because I'd got to a point where I thought, you know what, if I lose my job, I lose my job. But I need to speak my truth and how I feel. And that was like, okay, we can talk about it. What do you want? Do you want uh, meetings? It was always the same. Like it was all spoken, you know, we used to, we used to say, okay, how can we resolve? We have these talks, but no action. And it goes back to being the same thing. Mm. And that's when I hired a, um, not hired. That's when I got a mentor for myself. And I, I knew I had to work through this. I had to work through this. Actually, I have a question. I realize. Yeah, sure. Um, do you know much about the five love languages? Yes, I do. Which one is yours? I think for me, it is um, acts of, uh, I've done it a long time ago by Gary. I think it's words of, What's it called? One is the words and the other one is the action. Words of affirmation. Uh, yeah. We words think of acts of service. Acts of service. Yeah. Yeah. Words of So my question is between the relationship between you and your boss, mm. your boss had acknowledged you from the very beginning. How different would have this looked? Um, I think uh, it would have been different, definitely different, because the breakdown was actually communication breakdown. Mm. She had thoughts in her head, I had thoughts in my head, and she's to not address things, I didn't address things. And it was tiny. In the beginning, if we had just spoken about it, we could have resolved things, come up with different plans. But yeah. as the wall kept building up, it got to a point, was so far apart. I felt like it had gone beyond because things were happening to her as well. 
mm. hindsight now I think that you know a lot was going on in her life which I didn't know about yeah and people are are not mean to you or people don't bully you or even if they do few people are aware few people are not aware but they they come from a place of what they know that's the best they know mm. if they knew different they would do different if i knew different i would do things differently with my daughter mm. with my husband with my friends at work and that's what i did once i started having these realizations once things started changing the first biggest change was i changed my relationship with making mistakes every time I, before i used to say making mistakes is failure now i said making mistakes is how i'm how i learn and grow mm-hmm. every single time and i used to go back at to work and i accepted the mistakes i made and i fixed them mm-hmm. i wrote emails accepting my mistakes and then people were like now what do i do with her mm. because that was a point they had and when i had my mentor and i had to i raised these concerns with hr and stuff right then we had this meeting where i had to meet my boss hr and myself that was such a scary moment for me i would do anything but to go and face that i literally thought let me just resign i didn't want to face there was so much fear and my mentor asked me one question how are you going to show up today mm. i said i'm going to show up as a leader she said what are you going to do i wrote down the issues i was i was having and how we could re- resolve it so i went into that meeting my boss was here hr was there and what would you like to discuss about is what they said um the hr said and i said these are the issues and i wrote facts over emotions because usually when we're in that state of mind we're highly emotional we're not factual mm-hmm. and i said these are the solutions which i propose what are your thoughts and my boss started crying and i was like holy shit there must be something going on in her life for her to you know behave react that way mm-hmm. and even my hr person said well done you were really bold and brave for you to speak up and show up in a professional manner and as a leader you know but what the biggest realization i had 
was fear feels so real, but it's so illusional. Imagine me not just going back to me wanting to resign, me wanting to run away from that conversation, me hiding, to just going and speaking up and sharing the concerns and giving those solutions. It changed It changed, um, it changed my, yeah, it just changed the way I was thinking around fear. And now this is what I do. This is what I help others with. I help others who are facing, who faced bullying at workplace or growing up, heal their trauma. Mm. Heal. Help them heal their fears. And how I do it is exactly what I did with myself. I accept, I accepted the parts of me which I rejected. I did the deep inner work of facing my shadows, you know, acknowledging myself, the mirror work, the deep transformational work, which took a lot of energy and courage. But now I'm really dedicated to help others because I know what it feels like to be alone. I know what it feels like to not have anyone. I know what it feels like to be bullied. Mm. To have those bullying fears within us. Mm. And my mission is to help others. heal parts of themselves they're not accepting change their perspective their thinking mm. so they can live a beautiful life not just at home not just at work but in every aspect of their life mm. oh, So the, um, what I'm feeling from you is everything that you said from all those feelings that you had about yourself to going through uh, postnatal depression and, and just not feeling good enough and yeah. going through all those emotions and, and taking that with you every, every step that you made in your life. Mm -hmm. And then actually sitting down with yourself and going through the shadow work and and building a better relationship with yourself yeah yeah and i think that's really amazing that not only have you done that but you're helping other people to do the same thing yeah, yeah. and, and really that's what and that's what lights me up 
that truly lights me up when the client comes and says oh you know what today I got off my bed or you know what I actually sat with myself for 10 minutes and wrote down my thoughts I did that breath work I was present there was this one client who has been doing therapy for years and in one session he came back to me and he said my psychologist was so happy with me because I opened up my childhood trauma and she had done so many sessions apparently and he never opened up so thank you so much and when I get those messages I feel I'm doing service I'm doing my work and that's what I want to do and sometimes one small step for someone can be something so big for them emotionally yeah even if it is getting yeah I love it